Welcome to the Grad School Femtoring Podcast, the place for first-gen students of color to prepare for grad school. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Fu, and I will be serving as your femtor, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into and successfully navigate grad school. For over 10 years, I've been helping first-gen students of color get into top grad programs in their field, and I'm really excited to support you on your academic journey too. Welcome back everyone to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Yvette. And today we have an episode all about repurposing your education and controlling your career after grad school. Our special guest is Dr. Zakia Akarele. She is a third generation educator, passionate about lifelong growth and learning. Oh, I love that. She <laughs> <laughs> holds degrees from Florida A&M University, Columbia University and Fordham University in areas including international educational development, philosophy, and religious studies, and has served as a professor in other capacities in higher ed institutions, social justice, political and NGOs in the US and abroad. Dr. Zakia is also the author of Dump Your Degree, How to Repurpose Your Education, Control Your Career, and Gain Financial Freedom, which provides practical advice for students, grads, and early professionals on navigating their careers. Welcome to the show, Dr. Zakia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy. I'm excited. I, I feel like that that title is... is <laughs> It's a really strong title yes. and I, I love it though. I think that yes. those are the conversations we need to be having. So at some point uh, in this recording, I would like for you to also tell us a little bit more about your book. Definitely. Um, okay, so I, I'm gonna have you get started the way we get started with most of our guests, which is for you to just tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, your backstory, and you know everything that led up to you becoming who you are today, doing what you do today. I know that's a big question, so whatever yeah. you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> that is big. Where do I start? Um, so uh, basically, like you mentioned, I'm a third generation educator. My grandmother was an elementary school teacher for many years. She retired as such. My mother owned um, a le early early learning development center for many years, and then myself, I got passionate about higher education. Um, I was a professor for many years. Right now, a full-time author. Uh, but education is my thing. I love learning, reading, anything that has to do with uh, continued growth, as mentioned. Um, so one of my passions is helping people to follow their passion. And being an academician, being in the in the academic background, I see a lot of people who are really good at learning, but once they get out into the real world or after they graduate, face certain challenges in, in finding who they are. So uh, one of the things that I have taken on is like my mission is to help guide people to living out their passions, uh, using their education, but not boxing themselves in or limiting themselves by it. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, 
do you feel like in, in your circumstance or in your situation, you said you're third generation, you're third mm -hmm. generation educator. Yes. And for some folks, that path is not as straightforward. They're not like, yeah. oh, this is in my blood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so did you ever wonder like or want to stray from that path on your like oh. in your own trajectory when you went to college? And oh, you I have had... a wide range of yeah. degrees. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They don't even match, but in a way they do. I had no intentions of being an educator. I wanted to go to law school. Um, uh, and yeah, <laughs> this is interesting. Yes, yes, <laughs> I want to yes, hear yes. more. Yes. So I had intentions of going to law school. I actually was a poli sci major um, that fell in love with philosophy and religious studies, like learning about cultures and traditions and how people get their roots. That just fascinated mm -hmm. me. And so when I take in some electives, I was like, wait a minute, I can change my major to this and still go to law school. And they were like, yeah, you can major in anything in undergrad. I said, okay, so I'm changing my major changed to religion and philosophy. And plus people said using a philosophy degree would, it, it had some crossover with legal studies and law. Yeah. So I said, okay, great. Took the LSATs and uh, didn't do that well. <laughs> so I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, what am I going to do with my life? But because I had fell in love with, um, like I said, religious studies and philosophy, I said, you know what, I, I want to teach this. Like I want mm -hmm. to, you know, work in a field where I can educate people on being inclusive, learning about cultures. And so I ended up doing that and getting involved in like conflict resolution between different or interfaith groups and things like that. That's what kind of opened the door for the social justice aspect and ended up doing research on how like religious groups, how it impacted their education. So it kind of, I had the crossover with that degree in then going into international education. So I am a third generation educator, but it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> oh, wow. See, yeah. I, thank you so much for sharing. Because that's what yes. I was curious about. I was like, so how did you get to this place? So was it, yes. did you know all along? Some folks say no. I've known since I was five years old. I, I cannot stop studying whatever it is, marine biology <laughs> or whatnot. And not for me. some of us, and for a lot of us, actually, I'm hearing more and more, it's not a straight and narrow path. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that helps us to get into today's conversation, mm -hmm. which is all about repurposing your education mm -hmm. and then also controlling your career. So can you tell mm -hmm. us, what, what do you mean by these phrase, phrases, repurpose your education, control mm -hmm. your career? Right. So uh, when I finished my doctorate in 2010, it was in the middle of a recession. Uh, and so I, I didn't find work at all. Like I was I finished my doctorate at Fordham, which is in New York City. And I had hopes to, you know, go back to the city, maybe find I couldn't find work. So I ended up going back to Florida, which is where I was raised. And there were no no jobs in my field. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, I ended up working, like being severely underemployed, just finding something to do. Um, and I was like, I cannot, I cannot continue on this path. I have to figure out, I don't care if it's a recession, somebody's going to hire me to do things that I enjoy and that are at least, you know, at my level of qualifications. So while I could not find jobs for about three years, like full-time work, I did adjunct work, but you know how that is. That, yeah. <laughs> that's not necessarily that stable. It doesn't pay well. Mm -hmm. um, so I said, okay, I have to figure this thing out. And I said, well, what are the skills, the talents that I have? 
outside of my degree field because I was so boxed into this is what my degrees are in. Yeah. I must work in my field. This is what I studied. And I had to have a conversation with myself that no, you don't. There's a world of possibilities out there. And there are other things you can enjoy that what you've learned can transfer to. So uh, I ended up my first kind of like stable uh contract consulting job ended up being with a um, NGO that did uh, international research. Um, and they were ha they happened to be in the city I was living in. They needed to have a research base there that they'd never opened before. And I'm like, okay, this is, you know, the door open and how yeah. do I get in? And I was like, but they're not looking for somebody with a background in religious studies, you know, but it was for research. Mm -hmm. I was like, I know how to research. I have a PhD. So I figured out a way to have a conversation, to get my foot in the door with an interview. But then once being at the interview, um, having the conversation about what I could bring to them that were skills based, um, how I could connect them to the community and basically help them with the needs that they had, not necessarily focusing on my academic background. So that's what I mean yeah. by repurposing, like, how can you think outside of that box and not just focus on what the degree says? So that's the biggest thing. I have a, a follow-up question because, mm -hmm. I mean, the follow-up question is, how do you determine what your skill set is? And then mm -hmm. I want to just comment before you answer that, because, um, I run into this um, issue with a lot of existing grad students where academia tends to be very apprenticeship based and there's mm -hmm. a lot of flexibility or options that are presented to them outside of, you know, going on the tenure track and continuing to mm -hmm. become a professor. And then outside of that, you know, outside of them not knowing what options they have, they also tend to be focusing on a specialization. So it's mm -hmm. always about what you study rather than the how mm -hmm. you study mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so that's mm -hmm. why I want you to share a little bit more, you know, mm -hmm. bring some insight to this topic that is sorely needed for current grad students about how, how do we figure this out? Well, you have to have a conversation with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, you figure it out by back mapping it out. That's one of the things that I even talk about in my book is like setting goal, doing some just basic goal setting, but focusing, bringing your career into conversation with that. Um, and looking at what is your passion, right? Outside of the degree, because sometimes it just, it could just be tedious work that you, you know, you, you, you care about, because it might be, you know, something you, uh, it, it's something that you're studying, but it just becomes a chore. But what are some of the passions? And then figure out what skills, things that come to you naturally. There are a lot of things that people are talented in just naturally without having to go to school for. Um, and those are some skills that you could have and that you can present in a in your industry but are outside, also outside of your industry. So it's, it, it depends on the person. You know, that's how you sit down, have that conversation, figure out your passions, look at your talents. And like you mentioned, some people know things from the time they were a child, but sometimes we get lost, right? We, yeah. we get in this career trajectory and then we like, oh, I forgot I was really passionate about something. And you might want to go back to that and, con mm -hmm. and connect that to what you're studying now. So it's so many layers to it. Right, right. Yeah. Um... Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I can completely agree with that. I've heard so many folks who, when I ask them, like, what do you love to do? They mm -hmm. go back to the thing that they loved, at, mm -hmm. you know, in their childhood. Oh, I love to sing. Or I love yes. to write. Yes. I love to research. I love to mm -hmm. go out in nature. 
Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's that's good. It's that reflection and actually slowing down and mm -hmm. taking that time, which a lot of times it doesn't feel like folks um, are encouraged to do that. Yeah, and can I can I add something to that? Yeah. You know, uh, unfortunately, in a lot of us, you know, that are are people of color we're told so often that we have to get something that's considered functional and stable. And so we get mm -hmm. lost in these degrees that we might not even enjoy, but that we, you know, we feel is going to give us the stability that maybe those before us that didn't get that opportunity thought was stable. So they might've pushed us along that way. Um, and then those things, like you said, somebody might love to sing and not see how that could tie in, their passion in some way could tie into a career. And it's not to say, I don't want to do the career that I'm studying, but ways that you can have balance and then maybe that you can connect your passion with your academic studies and create a career out of that. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I remind students about is sometimes there's this seeming like stability in certain mm -hmm. types of jobs and professions. Yeah. But in actuality, once you actually get in the door, you realize mm -hmm. like you could get fired tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like something could happen. You, yeah. You'd never know. There are layoffs in all kinds of industries. So I, yeah. I think it should be a, a healthy combination of the two yes. of, of doing something you enjoy or are good mm -hmm. at, but then at the same time, not letting it completely become your identity where you can't right. see your life outside of it. Except can happen too is with my right. listeners like they're so tied into I'm I am an academic I'm an academic right but there are options outside of that where you can still do what you enjoy to do or, exactly. or what you're good at or what will pay your bills exactly yeah. exactly mm -hmm. great and now so when you said the phrase I, I like I'm getting a better sense of like how you repurpose your education mm -hmm. but then taking control of your career mm -hmm. when you when with that phrase I what comes to mind for me take control of your career mm -hmm. is there's so many folks that are a little lost right now they're trying mm -hmm. to figure out maybe they're recent grads or they're early career professionals and they're thinking mm -hmm. they want to make a transition they're not a hundred percent sure um you know sometimes folks will say i i think i want to be a social worker but then i also want to be a career right. counselor or i think i want to work k through 12 but I, then i also want to do higher ed and those are two very different i mean they're related mm -hmm. but they're mm -hmm. very different career <laughs> so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so you know what would um how does controlling your career kind of lend some mm -hmm. insight into those types of conversations well you know me having a background in different things yeah. <laughs> myself going from academia studying religious studies international edit you know now writing a book about career advice and I did end up interestingly enough, becoming a vocational uh, counselor some years ago, which that's a whole nother sto story <laughs> of how I went from, you know, someone doing conflict resolution and interfaith uh, things to, to being a vocational counselor. But so there are ways that you can mix the two or try out those different passions. Mm -hmm. But more so when I say control your career, I'm, I'm speaking about a lot of times when we get out into the real world, we're looking for a career. We're putting the control in the hands of those doing the hiring. Mm -hmm. It's like, I hope these people hire me. Oh, I'm waiting on this callback. I hope I get, you know, an interview. And you have no control over that. They could tell you to yeah. kick rocks, they could go shoe. And then what? So, and I was I was in that position where I'm just waiting for callbacks. I had no control. I want people to be able to graduate 
get out into the real world if they don't get their dream job, if no one calls them back, right? If they don't get that tenure track position that they were hoping for, they can create a career from their own hands, whatever that may be, um, so that they don't have to put the control in those doing, hands of those doing the hiring. It's in their hands. So whether that looks like consulting, freelancing, starting your own business, and using the skills, talent, and the education that you have to do that. So that's what I mean by, yeah, control your own career. Don't don't wait by, for a phone call, <laughs> you know. You answered my follow-up question. I was going to say, okay. what are some examples of how yes. you can control your career? So yes, I'm glad yeah. that you brought up the, the consultancy, the yes. freelancing, the, you know, starting your own business. Yes. That, that this was not the path that I thought I was going to go on mm -hmm. because my mom is, you know, um, she's, Mexican immigrant mm -hmm. business owner in the U.S. and um, she did not want this for me. Oh. <laughs> She's like, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs, mm -hmm. and you have to have a lot of, you know, um, the, the first couple of years. She says you have to have a lot of um, just um, having some sort of safety net and patience to mm -hmm. develop your your business. Um, and it's so funny just to to mm -hmm. then all of a sudden she's like, but you got an education. Why? <laughs> because I'm taking control. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> so yes. um, I, I do think that that is um, an mm -hmm. option for a lot of folks and mm -hmm. is becoming more and more common and more mm -hmm. um, accessible, especially in light of like the rise of remote work. Mm -hmm. And there are even more, I'm, I'm hearing about companies that mm -hmm. are then taking on folks to help, to help them find freelance work so that it's yes. not just here and there, but it can be right. closer to like more, more of a stable paycheck, which is, I know what yeah. sometimes draws people back is like, oh, I don't have a paycheck. I don't have mm -hmm. benefits, things like mm -hmm. that. So there, there's a, a movement there that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If done right, so many freelancers, I know many of them who have paid off their debt and they, they live and actually make more than they did at their nine to five. You know, there's this stigma around, oh, it's not stable. Like we yeah. mentioned before, a job might not be stable. Like recently you see in the news, all of these people who were recently hired and then their offers were rescinded. You know, yeah. they've made these life decisions, probably bought a house or moved or mm -hmm. whatever. Now, what are they going to do? You know, but had they, you know, this is not blaming them, but mm -hmm. if they had an, another option available to them where they they understand that there's not stability in anything, right? Yes. But you can at least control one aspect of it by already having yourself out there as, you know, an expert in this or a consultant yes. in that, you know, so that you can have income generating. Exactly. And I think it also brings to light this conversation about having more than one income stream. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I know that financial literacy, financial education, personal finance is not something that's taught to mm -hmm. folks in college and, and grad school. It's, mm -hmm. it's even less, you know, common in communities of color, right. first gen communities, immigrant communities. And so that's just something to remind folks that they don't yeah. have to have one paycheck and one job, that if they have multiple income streams and if they know that there are ways for them to make mm -hmm. money outside of just a nine to five, then they'll be even more empowered. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah. I know when I was teaching, you know, I, I'm. it's hard for me to stay in one place. I love traveling. And my mom, I was telling my mom after I had got my tenure track position, and she's like, okay, you know, you finally <laughs> stable, you yeah. making good money. And I'm like, well, I don't know how long I'm gonna stay here. She was like, you better not leave <laughs> this job. <laughs> you know, 
it was like the best thing. She was like, yeah. I've never made that much money in my life. And you're talking about, and I'm like, but look, that's not the end all be all. And at any time your job can say bye-bye, you mm-hmm. know? So, and I shouldn't place all of my life focus mm-hmm. on my career. And that, and that got to a point where I was. Yes. And my personal life suffered, you know, mm-hmm. who I was as a person suffered because I was so focused on this tenure track position and, you know, eventually hoping to get tenure and stay, you know, but my life was not uh, aligning in the way I wanted it to. But because, like you said, being from a, a community where certainly, you know, privileges were not afforded, yeah. you know, even though I'm a third generation educator again. I had reached heights that those before me that hadn't. So it was kind of yeah. like, uh, don't you dare mess this up, you know, but I had to take my own path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder what, what the fourth generation. <laughs> oh, I'm already getting them started. Okay. I'm telling about, listen, you don't have to go to school. Okay. I, don't, I hope oh my- listeners don't hang up. I know. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm laughing yeah. because I tell my son, okay. two kids and I, I'm my okay. older, my older child, I tell him that too. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, you have a lot of options. You don't yes. have to go to school, but if you don't, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to still exactly. learn. You know, there are exactly. Ways. Okay, I was like, I hope she's not gonna kick me off this show, but yeah, that's exactly what I tell my kids, <laughs> and I'm exposing them early, so whatever they're passionate about, you know, they can go for, and then yeah. also teaching them that financial literacy. My my husband is like, we should start teaching them financial literacy. I'm like the baby's 19 months. What is she, what is she gonna learn now? You, you know, know what? But my son they is four, listen. but they, they do. Li- my my <laughs> partner and I, we always are talking about mm-hmm. money. Like we're just very open that way. Right. And my son hears it mm-hmm. all the time. And so oh. he uses words like budget and savings. Yes. <laughs> He's I like, oh, it. maybe I'll buy this, but then I'm gonna have to save for like three more oh. months to be able to afford it. Like, yeah, that's cute. right. Oh, see, yeah. So this fourth generation is going to be amazing for me. So I'm already proud of them. (laughs) So I am looking for folks who are not um, watching the video. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at your background and I Mm -hmm. see this really nice image of your book, (laughs) Dump Your Degree. Yes. How to repurpose your education, control your career and gain financial freedom. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about it, about Mm -hmm you know, what made you want to write this book? What, you know, maybe share a couple of gems from it, maybe whatever's not too much to share and yes. then how folks can get a copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's basically a book of advice that I wish I had before I started undergrad even. Um, things that I wish I knew about, you know, first chapter coming in is don't listen to your parents. And I don't mean completely like just ignore all advice, but basically don't, allow other people to make the life decisions for you. Um, Be respectful of the advice that you get, but always seek better advice, whether it's through a mentor, uh, learning on your own, apprenticeship, internship, whatever it is, a network of people, but don't just allow others to choose your destiny for you. Um, But also it goes along with how to choose the right path for you. What are you passionate about? How do you set the goals for your career and your profession? And I wrote it because of the challenges I faced with unemployment after I finished my PhD and I took it personal. I was like, oh, this is just me. Nobody's calling me back and I'm not factoring in. It's a recession. You have uh, degrees in soft degrees that are not necessarily in high demand and don't give you that return. So I have those discussions with the readers in the book. Uh, But also I talk about student loan debt 
which I wish I did not get into, you know, and how do you avoid it and repay it and what careers yeah. will actually pay that back for you. Um, and then I also talk about other ways of putting yourself out there, creating a, a community of people who can open doors for you. Um, and things that I was not taught as far as like networking, but really like relationship building in, in, in you know, a professional way. Um, and also things like budgeting and negotiating salary and having savings and funds for when or if your job tells you later days, you know? Mm -hmm. So just like a book of advice, but also um, things that they can do to plan ahead, questions that they can ask themselves um, and how they can kind of look for that path, like carve out that path for themselves in their own career and have that control that they should have over their own career, again, and not allowing others to, to have, take that control for, from them. That's great. Yes, I, yes. I think with me noticing a lot of the recent grads, um, this is going to be a great book for them, for anybody who's maybe either recent grad or kind of looking to transition in their career. Mm -hmm. yes. um, a lot of folks are needing that type of support and advice yes. and guidance. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, I would like to ask for your advice, actually. Mm -hmm. So let's say you know, some of my students, may, they, mm -hmm. they're trying to figure out their career trajectory. Maybe they are that recent grad. Maybe it's my younger brother who just graduated. Oh. <laughs> my youngest brother <laughs> just graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he's taking a gap year. And I asked him what mm -hmm. he wants to do. He says, I don't know. So mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for, for folks in, in that type of situation who are still trying to figure themselves out and their career mm -hmm. out, um, what advice would you share, you know, with them? I know it might be similar to what you share in your book about yeah. kind of controlling your career. Yeah, uh, I definitely would say it's okay not to know <laughs> because, I, and I would say this to young people or people of any age, it's okay not to know. You can shift, you can pivot at any time, you can evolve and, and figure out that you like something else completely. You want to go in a different direction completely. So be okay, I, I'm in a few college groups and a lot of times the questions come in like, you know, it's like a life or death situation. Yeah. Of what am I gonna do? I'm like, it's not, you have your whole life ahead of you. Even if you major in something and get a degree in something that you find out that you don't wanna pursue later in life, that's okay. You can still use the skills you develop. You can still use the, the knowledge that you acquired and use it in a career. Um, so I think, Again, it's okay not to know, follow your passion, right? Take your own path. And also always be open to learning because we live in an information age. There's so much free access to knowledge that you can continue to take throughout the years and completely change your career trajectory, even with that, within a whole nother field without even having to go get an, another degree if you don't want to. So just be open. Right. Yeah. Those are wonderful um, words. Uh, might even be closing words. I'm wondering if you have okay. any other like last thoughts that you want to share related to to the topic of today or your book or what you do. Maybe you can tell us a little bit if there's anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that that is actually the advice that I like to leave with yeah. is to tell people, follow your passions. Don't be so caught up um, in academia or what you've already pursued and feel like you're stuck there. Don't box yourself in to one thing for life. 
we are, we're as humans, we're multi-layered. We have mm -hmm. many different routes to take, you know, many different possibilities. So always remain open. And if there's something that you find later in life or down the line that you want to pursue, by all means, do that. Just follow your passion, follow your bliss and enjoy no matter what your academic or professional background is. I love that. Yes. For folks who resonated with mm -hmm. everything that you shared today mm -hmm. and would like to connect in some way, mm -hmm. shape or form, how can they reach you? Oh, I love connecting. So I'm on LinkedIn uh, and TikTok and Instagram. I don't use Twitter. <laughs> I, maybe I should hop on there, but that's just not my space anymore. Uh, but I'm also on Facebook. So across the board, Zakia Akarele, that's me. I think I'm the only one in the world possibly. And also um, they can connect and find my book uh, at any online retailer, whether it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Walmart, Apple Books, everywhere. <laughs> it's it's uh, on online so they can uh, purchase it there. And then also uh, my website, ZakiaAcarelle.com. Perfect. I will add yes. those links to the show okay. notes. Yes. Well, it's been such a pleasure chatting with yes. you. I really, um, I, I only, I feel like I can echo every single thing that you said. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you so much for coming on the show and for yes, sharing space you. with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you would like additional support as you navigate your educational trajectory, then sign up for my free 15-page grad school femtoring resource kit. This 15-page kit includes essential information such as organizational tools, research resources, my own email organizing system, info on how to apply to grad school, as well as how to manage your grad school and career outcomes, and much more. Go to gradschoolfemtraining.com slash kit to get it today. Thank you so much for joining me in the Grad School Femme Drawing Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or email me your review at gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com. You can also show your support by going to gradschoolfemtouring.com and joining my mailing list where you'll receive weekly tips, podcast and blog updates, as well as discounts for my digital downloads, online courses, and much more. One last thing. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Until next time, 